Good morning. Today is Thursday, November 21st, 2019. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 105, verses 1 through 22, 1 Maccabees 4, 1 through 25, Revelation 21, 22 through 22, 5, and Matthew 18, 1 through 9. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, the Heavenly Matriarch, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by our infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before her presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to her with psalms. For she is a great God, and a great queen above all gods. In her hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are hers also. The sea is hers, for she made it, and her hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker, for she is our God, and we are the people of her pasture and the sheep of her hand, and the sheep of her hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to her voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. 
Psalm 105, verses 1 through 22. O give thanks to God, call on her name, make her deeds among, make known her deeds among the peoples, sing to her, sing praises to her, tell of all her wonderful works, glory in her holy name. Let the let the hearts of those who seek God rejoice. Seek God in her strength. Seek her presence continually. Remember the wonderful work she has done, her miracles and the judgments she has uttered. O offspring of her servant Abraham, children of Jacob, her chosen ones, she is our God. Her judgments are in all the earth. She is mindful of her covenant forever, of the word that she commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that she made with Abraham, her sworn promise to Isaac, which she confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little count, and strangers in it, Wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, she allowed no one to oppress them. She rebuked kings on their account, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. When he summoned famine against the land and broke every staff of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, his feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron. Until what he had said came to pass, the word of God kept testing him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. And God made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he then turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. God sent her servant Moses, and Aaron whom he had chosen, and Aaron, yeah, and Aaron, whom he had chosen, they performed God's signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. God sent darkness and made the land dark. They rebelled against her words. She turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. God spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. And you'll forgive me, I read on far past where I should have, verse 22 actually ended at instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. So speaking of Joseph and the elevated place in Pharaoh's household that he occupied. Sorry about that. I guess I just kind of got into the story. <laughs>
All right, our reading now from 1 Maccabees chapter 4, verses 1 through 25. Now Georgius took 5,000 infantry and 1,000 picked cavalry, and this division moved out by night to fall upon the camp of the Jews and attack them suddenly. Men from the citadel were his guides, but Judas heard of it, and he and his warriors moved out to attack the king's force in Emmaus while the division was still absent from the camp. When Georgius entered the camp of Judas by night, he found no one there. So he looked for them in the hills because he said, These men are running away from us. At daybreak, Judas appeared in the plain with 3,000 men, but they did not have armors and swords such as they desired. And they saw the camp of the Gentiles strong and fortified with cavalry all around it, and these men were trained in war. But Judas said to those who were with him, Do not fear their numbers or be afraid when they charge. Remember how our ancestors were saved at the Red Sea when Pharaoh with his forces pursued them. And now let us cry to heaven to see whether God will favor us and remember her covenant with our ancestors and crush this army before us today. Then all the Gentiles will know that there is one who redeems and saves Israel. When the foreigners looked up and saw them coming against them, they went out from their camp to battle. Then the men with Judas blew their trumpets and engaged in battle. The Gentiles were crushed and fled into the plain, and all those in the rear fell by the sword. They pursued them to Gezara, and to the plains of Edumia, and to Azotus and Jamnia, and three thousand of them fell. Then Judas and his force turned back from pursuing them, and he said to the people, Do not be greedy for plunder, for there is a battle before us. Georgius and his force are near us in the hills, but stand now against our enemies and fight them, and afterward seize the plunder boldly. Just as Judas was finishing this speech, a detachment appeared coming out of the hills. They saw that their army had been put to flight, and that the Jews were burning the camp, for the smoke that was seen showed what happened. When they perceived this, they were greatly frightened. And when they also saw the army of Judas drawn up in the plain for battle, they all fled into the land of the Philistines. Then Judas returned to plunder the camp, and they seized a great amount of gold and silver, and cloth dyed blue and sea purple, and great riches. On their return they sang hymns and praises to heaven. For God is good, and her mercy endures forever. Thus Israel had a great deliverance that day. 
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle J, a song of Judith. I will sing a new song to my God. For you are great and glorious, wonderful in strength, invincible. Let the whole creation serve you. For you spoke, and all things came into being. You sent your breath, and it formed them. No one is able to resist your voice. Mountains and seas are stirred to their depths. Rocks melt like what? Rocks melt like wax at your presence. But to those who fear you, you continue to show mercy. No sacrifice, however fragrant, can please you. But whoever fears God shall stand in your sight forever. A reading from Revelation, chapter 21, verse 22, through chapter 22, verse 5. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is God the Almighty in the Lamb, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more. But the throne of God and the, of the Lamb will be in it, and, and God's servants who worship her. They will see her face, and her name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R, a song of true motherhood. God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of her work, most humbly and most pure, in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed herself in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share a mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within him in love and travail until the full time of his passion. And when all was completed and he had carried us so for joy, 
Still, all this could not satisfy the power of his wonderful love. All that we owe is redeemed and truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 9. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, whom he put forth among them, and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come. But woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the hell of fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Matriarch Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the matriarch. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, the Queen Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night, and turns the shadow of death into the morning. Drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord God, Almighty and Everlasting Mother, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's use the prayer attributed to St. Francis, our prayer for mission. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. 
where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let's pray some specific prayers for healing, as we have been lately. For the victims of addiction, O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with the compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. O God, our refuge and strength, In those places of unrelenting light and noise, enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence, that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Strengthen your beloveds, us. Strengthen us, your beloveds, O God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to Jacob and all your children. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the bodies you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your love and grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. Loving God, inspire by your Holy Spirit those who are afraid of losing hope, especially 
those for whom we now pray. Give us a fresh vision of your love that we may find again what we fear we have lost. Grant us your powerful deliverance through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Mother. Grant us, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. And now is the time, dear friends, when I usually share some thoughts on our readings. Psalm 105. Some things that resonate with me today are verse 4 and 5, where we are told by the psalmist to seek God continually, seek the presence of God continually. And it's, it's kind of fascinating to me always that God is with us always, but we do not always sense God's presence. And I think that's because assailed by so much in all of our senses, including our spiritual sense in this world, the layers that come between us and God can make us seem very far away. And just as many in the Christian community talk about spiritual awakening as involving unlearning, right? 
I believe that there is truth to this, that peeling away some of what we have put on top um, or in between helps us to draw nearer to God. I know that I myself, and you guys have heard me say this before, in times of chaos and confusion have a hard time centering and resting in the presence of God and sensing God's presence and direction. I don't think, though, that this is something else to admonish ourselves for and beat ourselves up for it. It's just something to recognize and to ask for God's help with. Because remember, we're not doing this alone. This isn't a one-way relationship. God is not static. God is always present, but God moves and lives and is beyond the physical matter that we experience in our universe. And forgive me if that sounds a little (laughs) woo-woo, but I believe that it is true. And so seeking God's presence continually is not repeatedly going to a building or a place. It is reaching through all of the dimensions and planes of our human existence to reach the spiritual presence that is within and without and among and with us always. And then the psalmist gives us some very tangible advice on how to do that. Remember the wonderful works she has done. Her miracles and the judgment she has uttered. This is another reminder to remember. We all have those touch points, those moments in our lives where we we're very clearly and certainly aware of the presence of God. And could sense in a very real way the movement of God in our life and the impact of God on our beings. So when we get lost in the fog of humanity, we reach back to those memories And center ourselves there. When I was younger, um, in my early 20s, I was maturing in my awareness. And I was working on presence because I had as a child, this coping mechanism of disassociation. You know, we've all had that experience where something that is shocking 
happens and we just kind of step back from ourselves for, for a moment. And there is a certain relief and in that numbness of stepping away from ourselves. But for me, as I got older, that wasn't as useful <laughs> anymore. I needed to find a way to stay present and work through instead of retreating, so to speak. And so, um, so I, I, I sought help from a, from a counselor at my college and she worked with me on what I think of now as being wholly present. And one of the ways in which we did that was to really focus on the tangibleness. So for example, you know, I'm sitting here on the, on the sofa in my living room feeling the sofa beneath me, feeling the texture of the blanket, listening for the sound of the heating system and the breathing of the dog, you know, all of these things that are awareness and you kind of come back to being fully where you are in the moment. And I think that we can do this spiritually with God and we come back to our full selves, spiritually present and feeling the presence of God. The other thing that, well, the two other things that resonated with me in the psalm this morning were verses 14 and 15. I'm just going to pray this over us over all of us, the great universal us today. God, allow no one to oppress us. Rebuke even the highest authorities on our account, saying, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Grant us your protection, Lord God. Watch over us and also help us to be fully aware of your presence and your protection. Grow up that hedge of protection around us that none of the assaults of the enemy may touch us. Let the flaming darts of the enemy fall useless to the ground. Let your arms around us be like a shield. Let us be comforted and safe within them, O oh God. And then the last thing was the reference to the story of Joseph. That Joseph was sent ahead that he was 
tested. And maybe it's a good time to pause and talk about what testing means. I believe that when the Lord tests us, it is in the way of instruction. I don't believe that the Lord, and, and this will be borne out in one of our other readings today, I don't believe the Lord ever sets a trap for us, like tests us in that way. What I believe God does is sets, or uses rather is the better way to say, uses the occurrences in our lives to reinforce wisdom, knowledge, truth, understanding. And Joseph was definitely grown and instructed by, by God. And there's so many layers to the story of Joseph. Um, one that's referenced here is that Joseph came to Egypt a slave and became a trusted advisor of Pharaoh. That even when we are completely, even those who are, even those, even we who are completely disenfranchised in this strange world, I think those of us that are awakened, especially spiritually aware or striving to be, can feel very much strangers in the strange land. And at times, the strange land that we inhabit here in our social constructs amongst the powers that be, it can feel really hostile. We can feel enslaved to that construct. And so I hope that we take hope in the story of Joseph, that God can work amazing wonders and God can do amazing things for us even when we're thrown in a pit and sold to slavers. And that is not to minimize by any means the terrible atrocity that is slavery. That's not what I mean here. The parallel that I'm trying to draw is that there can still be growth and grace even in those situations. Sorry, I spent kind of a long time on the psalm there. Um, moving on to our Old Testament reading, 
Judas and his army are smart and aware and so they position themselves for success against Georgius' army. But they feel themselves to be disadvantaged. They don't have the numbers. They don't have the training. They don't have the weapons. But Judas says to them, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Remember, so here we are again, hearken back to the touch point. Remember, and this time, it's, a, it's very clear that it's an inherited memory. It's an ancestral memory. It's not just, or I shouldn't say just, it's not necessarily a personal memory. So this becomes even more that we can draw on. The truth that is passed down through the generations of God's saving power and willingness to save and devotion to us as God, as her children. So my prayer for us today is that we would add to the touch points to the grounding stones of our memories, not just those things that we have personally experienced with and from God, but also those things that the great cloud of witnesses who has gone before us experienced from God. And we have a vantage from that point that we do not while we're in, in the middle of our lives, our stories are still in the writing, but those who have gone before, we can see from the span of the impact even after they were dead. So what might have looked like a defeat at the time of death, we can, from the viewpoint of I would say history read with the Holy Spirit lenses on because, you know, history and it, its telling can become its, its own beast, right? But, and that's part of why I think the saints' stories are so important to us because we can look and we can see that these human beings with their lives planted seeds of transformation in the world. And some of that fruit was not seen while they were still living, but we can see now. And I don't think we have time today during this podcast to go and read about them. But those that we remember today are William Byrd, John Merbeck, and Thomas Tallis. And it's a free PDF that you can find online, I believe. 
please let me know if I have wrongly spoken. But Holy Men, Holy Women is a book published by the church, and you can read about the saints. And so another of my prayers for us today is that those inspirational and spiritual, spiritually grounding, rooting, reinforcing touch points and stories of the saints who have gone before, the men and women who sought God as we seek God and who lived their lives and made a difference. I pray that the stories that we need will reach us today and that we will be able to add those touch points to our collection. And so then when the fog comes, we have many things to come back to. Let us treasure these up. Let us use them as markers stepping stones, guides, all of these things on our own journeys. And just as those who came before them, Israel was delivered that day. As verses 24 and 25 say, on their return, they sang hymns and praises to heaven for God is good, for her mercy endures forever. Thus Israel had a great deliverance that day. God, let us go forth into this day unafraid, remembering your miracles, your works, your presence throughout time. And on our return, let us sing your praises and glory to your name for your great deliverance. And in the middle, as we go through Whatever the day brings, let us be continually aware of and guided and inspired and alighted by your very being. Amen. Our New Testament reading is from Revelation. And this is one um, that we have, we have read fairly often um, and read recently in this season. There are a few things that are striking to me about this section of Revelation. And I think that we can use this too as a touch point, you know, um, what what the what the city of God is, what our dwelling place is truly meant to be in what we will experience 
we can hold fast to that too. There's no temple, for the temple is God, God's self. And this is, as my commentator says, in stark contrast to the Roman cities where there were temples to the deified Roman rulers all over the place. Our God needs no erected structure to remind us, for God is with us omnipresent and there's no need of the sun or of the moon because the glory of God is the light of the city can you imagine that for a moment walking through this entire space illuminated by the presence of God. When I was a child and I envisioned God, I envisioned God as this large ball of light. I've talked to you guys about this before, probably because of my Quaker background where we talk about the light, capital L, an awful lot. And I think that that has been really helpful to me in my life's journey to see God not as a white man with a beard, but as light. And I saw or I envisioned souls as smaller pieces of that same light. When I think then in my mind of the holy city, it is these images superimposed on top of each other because city really probably doesn't do it any kind of justice. That's what we can conceive of in our minds, right? So I, I see this ethereal city glowing, not as if it's coming from anything, but just the light that is As the commentator says in my Bible, the presence of glory in God pervade the entire community. And I do truly believe that the Holy Spirit pervades us, our beings, in the same way. And so I pray that as is the common theme throughout this morning's daily office, that we are aware and tuned in to that presence, that we move and live in harmony with God, that we become aware of the permeation of God throughout every fiber of our being, spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, will, everything, everything that we are and everything that we sense and that we become, that we become so harmonious and in perfect rhythm with God that every motion is of God. 
that God speaks through and in and with us completely symbiotically and symbiotically isn't even a big enough word, but completely at one. And then the other thing was that the gates of this holy city are never shut and there's no night. So ancient cities, you know, the gates were shut at night for protection, right? But in the holy city, there is no need. We are completely protected by God. We will get there, my beloved siblings. I know that on this earth, there is struggle and we fight. But in the holy city, there's no need. We will be at perfect peace in perfect safety. And even now, God protects our immortal souls. We are written in the book of life. We don't have to worry about entry into that holy city. We don't have to worry about what happens to the purest form of ourselves. That which is truly us, our soul. God has that. God's protection is over us. I ask God for your protection over all of us today, over our bodies, over our work, over our families, over our lives. Protect us from all the assaults of the enemy. Keep us in perfect love and faith. Grow up around us that hedge of protection. God, if it be your will, give us some space today. Defend us so that we can take a small moment and stop working so hard to defend ourselves against this world and its battering. Keep us safe. Create a safe space for us so that we can firmly center ourselves in faith and love. Lay down our defenses and allow you and you alone to be fully felt. Give us that moment, God, so that we can come into harmony with you, so that we can renew ourselves so that we can retune our hearts to your song of life, O oh God, so that we can open our eyes to your light. And having reconnected with you, move forward in oneness with you, God, in your will over our lives, our contributions, as co-creators with you in the Universal Christ Project. All this, I all this I pray in the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And then our Gospel reading from Matthew, where God says to us, 
that this faith that the world sees as naive, this is what it takes. This is what it takes to be one with God. And God warns us about being stumbling blocks, about coming between God and God's creations, God's children. And so this is kind of what I was referring to when I talked about God's not testing us to trip us up. God doesn't want to cast us down or throw us back. And that's not what God means by humility. What God means by humility is trusting in God, (coughs) acknowledging that God is so much greater than we can be. That our small human efforts are minuscule next to God and accepting God's help and power and grace. So let's not get in our own way and let's not get in the way of others. And if we find those things that do get in the way that trip us up, Remove them. I mean, this is a drastic and violent example here. But remove them. And, and here's, here's the thing, too. It doesn't say if your neighbor's hand is getting in the way, cut off their hand. It says if your own hand is getting in the way, cut off your hand. Remove your own stumbling blocks. And a lot of times, stumbling blocks and crutches are the same. We're not walking with God because we're dragging ourselves around on these crutches that are really impeding our motion. When we could walk up, (laughs) walk upright and stand tall with God. And so, God, those things, let us see, let us have eyes to see the things that we thought were helping, that maybe it's time to cast away. Maybe you're starting to get in the way. Give us the strength, God, and let us lean on you, you foremost and only and of all, because you are our rock, O God. And when we expect anyone or anything, any process, any solution even, to be our salvation, we're going the wrong way with that. We're stumbling. We're arrogant in its way. Because you, God, are what carries us and created us. And in you, we live and move and have our being. God, I renounce, and on behalf of all of my siblings, I renounce all of those things that are stumbling blocks, 
or barriers or even just clouds or warped lenses that come between us and you. And I ask in the holy name of Jesus Christ that you remove them for us and that you protect and shield us from any rawness or pain or oversensitivity or struggle that comes with their removal. Be with us, God. Be our support. Be our advocate and protector and teacher. And let us come into rhythm and harmony with you that we simply resonate like sound waves rippling out through the atmosphere, the glory and presence of your being, O oh God. Illuminate our lives. In the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. Well, folks, that's been a long one today. Thank you very much for your patience with me. It is greatly appreciated. Let us close together with the general thanksgiving found on page 101 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, Mother of all mercies, we, your humble and beloved co-creators in your universal Christ project, give you humble thanks for all your, good, for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you in the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.